watched a movie and wondered why they cast that woman or that guy. Well, here's our chance to give it a try. We're repodcasting. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Repodcasting. I'm Lucia, and today my co-host is the lovely Sandra. Hi, thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. I am really excited to do this with you, especially because of the movie we chose. Yep. So we're recasting the 1996 Hollywood version of Emma. I'm going to call yep. it the Hollywood version because there's weirdly oh, another... Yeah. 1996 Emma. But uh, yeah, I was really excited to do this one with you because we've been on a bit of an Austin kick. I sure have. (laughs) I I love how many versions of Emma we've seen and now Persuasion and what was the other one? Northanger Abbey. Yep. Yep. Yeah. You're really uh, opening my eyes to Jane Austen. (laughs) She's great. I'm a big fan. So yeah, it's always fun to share that. Yeah. When was the first time that you had seen this version of Emma? Uh, I saw it uh, in theaters. So, yeah, I went with my mom and it was fun. I I don't remember any kind of initial, uh, you know... (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Um, Are you trying to be nice? (laughs) No, no, I just, I don't remember particularly loving it, but I don't remember particularly hating it either. I just remember being excited to see a Jane Austen movie in the theater. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I also, when I saw it, was fine with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and I read the book, but I can't remember now which came first. Like either I heard about the movie, read the book and then watched it or mm-hmm. vice versa. But yeah. either way, um, I really like both. And that's the only Austin book that I've read so far. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a good one to read. Yeah. It's, it's a fun one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's light. And like, I kind of avoided that stuff because I just felt like, oh, it's from such an old time. I won't mm-hmm. get it. I won't mm-hmm. be able to relate. But you still can relate yeah. to a lot of it. Yeah, I think her work is very relatable. I mean, she could have written about the Napoleonic Wars or something, <laughs> but she takes it to a smaller scale and talks about different people and different characters, and it makes it feel very timeless because mm-hmm. it's people will always be people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and just like about interpersonal relationships. Yeah, definitely. That doesn't change yeah. really either. Awesome. Okay, so the box office for this movie, it was pretty low budget, I think. It was $7 million. Which, okay. like That sounds low. It does sound low. And certainly at the time, Gwyneth Paltrow was already a star. She hadn't won an Oscar yet, but she was mm-hmm. definitely already like... A star. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. A box office draw. So I don't know if maybe they didn't pay her enough <laughs> or what. <laughs> but uh, anyway, then the box office was $22.2 million domestic and Oh, worldwide. wow. Yeah. Okay. So I was pretty impressed with that. Like, that that's considered a hit, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and for anybody who has not seen it or read it, do you want to give like a little synopsis? Yeah. So Emma is a 1996 period comedy drama film directed by Douglas McGrath and based on Jane Austen's novel of the same name. The film stars Gwyneth Paltrow as a titular character, a wealthy and privileged young woman who fancies herself a matchmaker. As she meddles in the romantic lives of those around her, including her friend Harriet Smith, played by Toni Collette, Emma causes more problems than solutions and may ultimately jeopardize her own prospects of love and happiness. (laughs) Okay, so... My intro to Emma would have been Clueless. Okay, yeah. <laughs> For sure. Because yeah. I definitely saw that right when it was new. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason why like, I suggested this movie is because 
Well, Gwyneth Paltrow's not British, first of all. Like, Mm -hmm. it'd be nicer to have a British person in the lead. But um, I also don't love how she plays Emma, which I know is probably a hot take or controversial. No, I 100% agree. (laughs) I think think in the world of Jane Austen appreciators, I think it's a fairly well-regarded movie. But Mm -hmm. I totally agree that I don't think she's really hitting the nail on the head here. Yeah, Yeah. and especially, like, watching it again just last night for this, I was really kind of paying a little more attention because I wanted to recast the role. So the thing that really struck me on this viewing was... So in Clueless, Mm -hmm. Alicia Silverstone's character is a little, like, flighty and maybe doesn't get things right, but is always trying really hard and really nice to people and, like... Apart from, like, you know, one little slip-up or whatever, like, she's... You can see that her heart is pure. And I don't really see that with Gwyneth Paltrow. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. That was really, really bugging me. Because it's like, okay, when she's rude to Miss Bates, Mm -hmm. she's rude. But even before that, there are things where it's like... I don't know if she's trying to be coquettish or what it is, but it comes across as, like, snooty. She has this iciness to her, and I think it's, I mean, Gwyneth Paltrow, in a way, is kind of Emma. She's <laughs> a beautiful, rich, know-it-all that's kind of wrong about a lot of things. Right. <laughs> and I, I don't know, she just doesn't have the warmth that I think Emma does, and I think that that's really important to the character. Emma is the kind of woman that can't enjoy herself if her friends aren't enjoying herself. Mm-hmm. And it it really does feel a little cooler than I think is probably right for the character. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I was pretty excited to recast her, but you also wanted to recast Harriet. Yes. Tony Collette. So yeah. I'd love to know a little more there because it hurts to recast Tony Oh, Collette. I know. I might be totally <laughs> off the mark there because I feel like I'm the only one that's ever had the problem with her. You can definitely tell that she's a better actress between the two. Yeah. To me, it always felt like she was a grown woman playing a little girl. Oh, okay. And maybe I've got too much faith in Toni Collette. <laughs> maybe I think of her too highly. But I don't buy that kind of dumb, innocent act that she's going. And I think she's trying really hard. Okay. Uh, and, yeah, so I just, I felt like she needed to be recast and... Yeah, I think on paper, she seems like a great choice. She had just done Muriel's Wedding the year before, and I think that's your girl. And then it just, I don't know, it just didn't really translate to me. Okay, so. oh, interesting. I think that's a fair point. And now I, I'm thinking you're not going to like my choice, but oh, we'll see. Well, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the other thing that I wanted to mention was, so Clueless came out the year before this, mm-hmm. and when Douglas... Mm, McGrath. McGrath, thank you. When Douglas McGrath signed on to this, he initially wanted to do a modern retelling of Emma Mm. because he didn't know that Clueless was already in production at that point. I didn't really find how far they had gotten, probably not very, before they realized that that's about to happen. (laughs) There's definitely some attempts to modernize it, but it's not full out, definitely. Like, Emma's driving her own carriage because she's a strong, independent woman, and everyone's yeah. drinking out of teacups that look suspiciously like espresso cups. <laughs> oh, I didn't notice <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. But it, it's not full-blown modern either. So, right. Yeah. Maybe okay. it gets a little muddled. Yeah, maybe that's part of the problem. So I guess we can pause there to do our recasting 
and we'll start with the character of Emma. Sure. So this is maybe a little bit of a cop-out, but in the same year, like you said, we had another Emma. We had a TV version of Emma played by Kate Beckinsale. And I love Kate Beckinsale (laughs) doing Austin. In, In 2016, she also did an adaptation of the book Lady Susan called Love and Friendship. And she is so good in that she plays this very conniving beautiful manipulative woman and i think it kind of shows she can hold her own against zanier characters because the tv version is very grounded and feels very realistic and authentic and it's a very true adaptation to the book Mm -hmm. so yeah i think she would be great i think she gives a very nuanced performance and I don't know what people think of Kate Beckinsale in general. I know she's kind of best known for like the Underworld series, but she's a good actress when she, you know, wants to be in a serious movie, she can Mm -hmm. deliver. So yeah. And I might be mistaken on this. Don't write in if I am, but I think she started doing the Underworld series because her husband was the director or producer or something like that. Like, I think that's kind of where it started. And then obviously they were successful, so she kept doing it. But yeah, now maybe it feels like she's... She hasn't done a lot of challenging roles in mm-hmm. a while, maybe. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah I, I yeah. agree that she's really good. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and then you had a second choice? Yeah. So my second choice was Kate Winslet. Oh, nice. So I don't normally think of Kate Winslet when I think of who I would cast as Emma. I think of Emma as someone that kind of has this savviness or... And I think Kate Winslet was being cast in very romantic roles. And Kate Winslet was actually in the following year an adaptation of Sense and Sensibility, where she plays a very different character than Emma. But I think she would have a really good handle on the language, and I think that she has good enough acting chops that she'd be able to communicate. Because it's a tall order for Emma. You've got to find a young actress in her early 20s -hmm. that can do a range of different emotions and communicate to the audience that she's likable but she's not right (laughs) (laughs) she's quite wrong and what she's doing is wrong messing in harriet's life yeah and i think that's kind of why the gwyneth paltrow one falls apart because i think at every chance they're trying to kind of soften how bad it is Mm -hmm. and when you metal in Austin, everything's so intricate and intertwined that you try and change a character a little bit it just has this cascading event of like, well, but now it kind of seems like the book doesn't, or the, the movie doesn't think that what they're doing is wrong. They're really messing with Harriet's life. Okay. And yeah, so. Yeah, that's great. I, yeah. Kate Winslet is such a talented actor. Yeah. She's a solid bet for anything. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, okay, well, so for me, for anyone who knows me, they know how I have a really, really bad memory. So uh, when I was going to cast Emma I honestly at first I was just like let me look up a list of British actresses around this age range and I just kind of started scanning names and I was like oh my gosh Kate Beckinsale would be great (laughs) and then I was like hang on Kate Beckinsale was Emma (laughs) the same year and I've seen it yeah (laughs) not that long ago (laughs) so anyway I also yeah. cast oh, Kate nice. Beckinsale, yeah. but totally like forgetting that I'd seen her as Emma. <laughs> She's just a shoe in. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and so then I actually like went back and looked at my letterbox, like my rating of the movie she was in, the TV movie, and my comments were that 
everything is very brown and she looks terrible. Like she's mm-hmm. a beautiful person oh, yeah. and they make her look terrible in this movie for some reason. I think maybe they just didn't have the budget, right? Yeah. And I feel like her, and also her portrayal of Emma deserves the Hollywood budget and the Hollywood mm-hmm. treatment. So yeah, yeah that's yeah. that's why I kept her there, even though I was like, whoops, she's already done it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I love that we yeah. coincided there. Um, and then I also picked a second choice too, and that was Tandy Way Newton. So she's from Mission Impossible, uh, from the second one. She's also in Solo, and Beloved was her first starring role, I would say. But she had been working steadily since 1993. And she's also somebody who I think is just a really talented actor. Like, every time I see her on screen, I'm happy. I'm happy to see her. I know she's going to do a good job. And I, I feel like she could pull off the Emma role. It, she was on my shortlist for such a long period of time. Oh. And then I just felt like wanted to go in a different direction but she would be an amazing emma she and i listened to she did an audiobook of the novel jane eyre she did a wonderful job it was one of the best audiobooks i've ever listened to and i listened to a lot (laughs) (laughs) and yeah so she got that to my list the world has been deprived that she's never been in any kind of austin so Yeah. yeah i know that like she has worked a lot but i still feel like she has been cheated in a mm-hmm. way. Like, yeah. she, she's not given enough yeah. to do. Yeah. I know she's gotten a lot of acclaim for her role in Westworld. I haven't oh, seen that. Um, but, yeah. She needs to be in more movies. Yeah. Because she's... Yeah. She's I feel like... Even... Okay. And then, so, for Harriet Smith. Yeah. So, Harriet Smith, I thought of an actress named Kelly McDonald. She's been in some... A lot of different things, but smaller roles. She played Diane in the two train spotting movies. She's a Scottish actress. She's in a quite good Black Mirror episode called Hated in the Nation. And she also played uh, or voiced uh, Merida in Pixar's Brave. Oh, cool. Yeah, so I think whenever I see her in roles, I always want to see more of her. She was quite young. She had just done yeah train spotting i think as just kind of picked off the street kind of thing and yeah she would bring i think a vulnerability to harriet and i think kind of an innocence that would have felt more natural not that tony collette was particularly old for the role i think she was 22 23 or something but she just feels like it's an act where as I think you cast someone young enough, it's easier to buy that kind of naive. Right. Okay. Yeah. See, so that's probably where, like, I missed it. I, I didn't, I picked somebody older. Okay. We'll see. No, we'll see. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Okay. So yeah, again, just kind of like searching through lists and like seeing, I I wanted to stay British because actually one thing that I noticed, um, very few of the main cast are actually English born. So it's, only Jeremy Northam, Sophie Thompson, and Polly Walker. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's Knightley, Miss Bates, and Jane Fairfax are the yeah. only people who are actually British. British. Yeah. And like everyone else is from the yeah. US, from Australia, from Scotland, uh, Ireland. Yeah. So anyway, I just kind of put that restraint on myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I saw Helena Bonham Carter's name, oh. I thought, oh my gosh, she'd be great. And then I was looking up her age, and she was a little too old for that. Like, she would have been around 29 around the filming. Okay. So, yeah, that's too old for Harriet. But I also then was like, 
looking at uh, other roles that she'd done around the same time and just kind of looking at pictures of her. And mm-hmm. She always looked young. Yeah. So I feel like just looks-wise, it would have been fine. Maybe she'd be too worldly. <laughs> but I also think she's a super talented actor. Yeah. And I feel like she could present the Harriet that is sweet, but a little naive, adores Emma, just wants to, like, please her and will do whatever she says and probably doesn't even realize, like, that she's not making decisions for herself. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think that she could pull it off. Yeah, I can see that. I like that idea. And my favorite Harriet was from the 2020 Emma, and that was played by Mia Goth. She was 28 when she did that role. So, not too old. She looks like she's... 1819 years old so yeah but yeah okay great cool okay so oh and also i didn't mention it but i'm sure people know uh helen bottom carter's from the harry potter series she was princess margaret in the crown in the later years she's from fight club sweeney todd mighty aphrodite i mean this woman has acted all over the place for many many years so I don't know if there was anything... I'm sure you found out some interesting tidbits and facts about the movie. Yeah. So my all-time favorite actress that plays Miss Bates is played by Sophie Thompson. So she was only 33 in real life. And she, the director didn't think that she was going to look old enough for the part. And then she came with her hair down and some glasses on. And they said, okay, you got the part. (laughs) I think she's having a ball playing this role. She yeah. plays it to perfection. I know. She just, you really believe that she's a little bit of a, a nuts little old lady that is, yeah. you know, trapped in this house with her mom all the time, <laughs> her deaf mom. Yeah. It's adorable. The first scene you see her and she's yelling words to her mom to, like, <laughs> keep her in the conversation. Yeah. But the only words her mom hear are pork and angel. <laughs> I know. Like, yeah. how is she supposed to glean what's happening yeah. from that? It's totally. Amazing. Yeah, it just would be more confusing. And yeah. then the best part is that Phyllida Law is Sophie Thompson's real-life mother. Yeah. And they were cast together, and apparently they were cast by different casting agents. So oh. they didn't even know that they were mother and daughter when they were cast. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Sophie Thompson talks about how it was great. They just drove in together, and they just <laughs> had a great time together. Oh, so, that's yeah. so cute. Yeah. They're also Emma Thompson's mother and sister. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I thought that was kind of cool. I did read about Ewan McGregor and his feelings on this. Um, (laughs) So he took the role because he thought it would be really different from his most recent role, which had been train spotting. And yeah, it was was different, pretty different, (laughs) (laughs) but he really regrets it. um, And he says it's a good film, but I'm not very good in it. And I'm not helped because I'm also wearing the world's worst wig. It's quite a laugh checking that wig out. <laughs> there's, there's a couple, yeah, wigs that are a little bit of a choice. But sure. um, I think he's really good in it. Me so, too. I mean, the character of Frank Churchill is supposed to be a little ridiculous. He's yeah. playing this cruel game. Yes. And he's he's just a bit of a unusual person, <laughs> um, to say the least. And... Yeah, I, I think he plays him to perfection. I love him in this. So, yeah. yeah. And watching it again, because, like, the last time I saw this movie was with you a couple of years ago now, mm-hmm. probably. And so I still remembered enough mm-hmm. that I remembered he was... So, spoilers for the movie Emma. 
So go watch it. It's on Prime. (laughs) But anyway, so I knew that he was engaged to Jane Fairfax when Mm -hmm. he comes to town. And he's like kind of flirting with Emma and watching it, knowing where it was leading, made me so angry at yeah, him. Yeah, I know. He's awful. I yes. think I think he refers to himself, at least in the book, I don't know if in this movie, as an impudent dog. And oh, it's like, I yeah, no, that. you were. Yeah. He was awful. And, <laughs> you know, there's a little bit of a, a game he has to play that mm-hmm. he has this inheritance and he's afraid that if it becomes public knowledge that he's engaged to Jane Fairfax, that he'll lose this money. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that he has to go out of his way to play this cruel game flirting with Emma yeah and and like bashing Jane oh yeah poor Jane yeah, yeah. <laughs> if I knew my fiance was talking about me like that it'd be over <laughs> yeah I don't care if it's for a yeah. game or not or whatever yeah. that yeah. sucks <laughs> yeah Mr. Knightley says something like that he's the luckiest man and he just gets away with all the stuff and they're delighted to forgive him I know. Yeah. And I I don't think this has anything to do with Ewan McGregor's portrayal, but I don't find him charming enough that people should be forgiving him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anyway, yeah. I also wanted to mention, because I thought this was really cool, the person who did the score for this movie is Rachel Portman, and she became the first woman to win the Oscar for Best Original Score. And then the following year, Anne Dudley won for The Full Monty. And then they were the only two women to win Best Original Score until 2019. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, uh, and I don't remember, I didn't write down the name of the person. It's the, she did the score for Joker, but her name is very, very Swedish and I did not know how to pronounce it. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, so yeah, sadly, only three women have won that in the Academy's history. Wow. Yeah. I don't know why. I wonder if like score is not something that many women like if it's a very male dominated thing yeah they need the music version of stem or something yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) absolutely and then i also did want to talk about jeremy northam who is so great i have to say this was now my third time watching the movie and each time i'm like yeah okay this time i was like oh my gosh, he's the best. (laughs) I want to marry him. (laughs) I don't know what this switch was. But anyway, um, I thought he was really, really great as Mr. Knightley. Apparently, he tried reading the book and like didn't get it and didn't get very far. But then when he read the script, he got the script because he was being considered for a different role. I didn't see which one. And then when he met with the director... Basically, he went into this meeting with the director hoping to convince him that he could be knightly. And they ended up just chatting about life and whatever. They got on really well. And at the end of their meeting, the director said to him, I want you to play knightly. So he didn't oh, even have to convince nice. him. Nice. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. He's definitely very charming and very handsome in this movie. Yeah. I don't 100% love him as knightly. I feel like he they are trying to tone him back and make him less of a a man chiding a woman which is definitely a trope in you know these kind of books period you know kind of product of her time to a certain extent but I think there needs to be a strong voice of what she's doing is not great and I think because they dial back on him then it comes across as again like what Emma's doing is not super great but yeah I agree is eye candy he's (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think that's a really fair point because I did feel like 
at one point, when was it? Oh, after she insults Miss Bates, mm-hmm. uh, and then he takes Miss Bates for a walk to kind of like get her out of there and defuse the situation. Mm-hmm. And then he comes back and he kind of tells him off. But yeah, she starts crying. Mm-hmm. And I was watching and thinking like, man, she's like really crying. And he wasn't that hard on her. Mm-hmm. And he probably is yeah. more hard on her in the book. I don't recall. Yeah, it, it's a weird relationship between the two. It's a little bit of weird daddy issues. Oh, going no. on there. <laughs> I think, I, I don't want to keep on bringing up the 2020 version, but I think the 2020 mm. version hits a really good note of where he really pushes back, but he's really respectful and really thinks of her, as Emma, as an equal. And I think that kind of comes across in the book, but maybe a little bit more effectively in the 2020 version. But the 2021 is also playing up the comedy and giving her a defined character arc. So mm. it works better in that way. To okay. Me too. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was a really good version. I also, for anybody listening, recommend that. <laughs> <laughs> and then Gwyneth Paltrow, like, I was really happy to recast her, but I will give her this. She studied horsemanship, dancing, singing, archery, and the highly stylized manners and dialect wow. for like a month before filming. Wow. Yeah. yeah, it's a little bit of a puzzle because I think on paper she is pretty perfect. I think she mm-hmm. just has this way of carrying herself throughout the movie that she she seems overly romantic, overly sappy in a lot of ways, and then she'll snap into this dialogue of, of pettiness and it feels a little unbalanced and it feels like you can't get a good handle on her and that... So in the movie, we see Mr. Elton, who was a previous love interest, come back. He comes back with his version of what he could get for Emma because Emma rejected him. She wasn't interested in him. So he brings back this rich know-it-all woman. (laughs) But she's not our Emma. There should be a difference between the two of them. There should be, you know, a warmth to Emma that is not in place of mrs elton okay and i feel like they're basically the same character oh, in this no. <laughs> wow maybe i'm being too harsh but <laughs> that's fantastic no i love that yeah mrs elton is really tough to be around <laughs> but i see what you mean yeah. like there is a similarity there yeah. that probably we shouldn't be catching there shouldn't be a noticeable similarity yeah and like, <laughs> mrs. like mrs elton she immediately starts messing the life of jane fairfax yeah. and that's her protege or whatever that's her harriet smith yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it's it's a, a very common thing that jane austen used in her novels to show that a character was probably not the best if they messed in the lives of their subordinates. Mm. And so she knows what she's doing is wrong. It's just, you're supposed to kind of like her despite of it. And I think Emma is very relatable in that way. I think she's constantly messing up. (laughs) She means well. She's... She has a good heart, she's creative, she's loyal to her friends, but she messes everything up. Yeah. Yeah. See, and to me, that's where the difference that I do see in this movie is I do feel like Gwyneth Paltrow doesn't play it the best way, but I do feel like we are to know that, um, like, she's still meaning well. Mm -hmm. Whereas Mrs. Elton just seems like 
she she's doing it for herself to show off to show how smart she is and mm-hmm. how like people look up to her yeah yeah uh, so yeah there there is that difference at yeah. least but yeah <laughs> I love that comparison <laughs> so one thing I saw that was so weird is that the director chose Gwyneth Paltrow because quote she did a perfect Texas accent Oh, I, I think I saw that somewhere, and he, I think the thinking was that she could get her, she could do accents. Yeah, that's not how accents work necessarily. <laughs> no, just because you can do a perfect Texas accent does not mean that you can do a perfect British accent. Of yeah. course. It, yeah. it was so, like, non, like, that, that, one doesn't lead to the other in my yeah. mind. That feel, felt like such a weird reason to cast somebody. <laughs> totally, yeah. <laughs> And, I mean, I, I can't speak to the quality of her accent. It sounds reasonably authentic to me. Uh, she certainly seems comfortable doing it, and she did Shakespeare in Love after this, so yeah. presumably it's fine. I've never heard anything bad about it, but, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a weird litmus test to use. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I believe, and I might be wrong about this because I feel like I heard it a long, long time ago, but I believe her father is British. Oh, okay. And so she was, like, you know, oh, at least She around. probably has a pretty good handle on it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anything else that you wanted to mention? I just like your approach of trying to keep Brits in Jane Austen. I know that sounds a little exclusionary. I'm sure that there's lots of Americans that would be able to do that, but I think the language can be kind of difficult, and then to throw in having to do an accent on top of it, it can be a lot, and I feel like it's just better to cast a lot of people from the UK for those roles too. Yeah. yeah. Even though, yeah, I have no direct problem with Gwyneth Paltrow's accent in this. I do feel like it's a crapshoot. Like mm-hmm. you see it a lot. And in fact, a lot of the times, if you go back through movies we've recast, there have been quite a few where it's like, I wanted to do this because I could hear their accent, their mm-hmm. natural accent coming yeah. through. Yeah. Like going both directions. Like we, we recast you and McGregor in August Osage County because I was like, I can hear the Scottish <laughs> and he's supposed to be from like New York City or something yeah. like that. <laughs> so yeah, I think it's always like, a challenge and if where they're from matters in the story and they have to speak with a certain dialect or whatever then just cast somebody from there yeah. <laughs> make everybody's lives easier <laughs> <laughs> oh and then uh speaking of mr elton you mentioned him he was played by ellen cumming who is one of my favorites of all time i love him <laughs> he's so fun in this <laughs> yes he's so great he's probably like i've now seen three or four versions of Emma and I think he's my favorite Mr. Yeah he hits a good note yeah he's great in it. Yeah apparently he said that the worst thing about shooting this film was his hair (laughs) (laughs) which had been lightened and curled for the character. All these men had problems with their hair in this movie. Yeah (laughs) goodness. Yeah. But yeah I thought that was funny because I his hair didn't strike me as weird or out of place or anything. No I guess it it is curly but Yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm just going through everyone's hair in my head now and I've always had a little bit of a problem that Tony Collette's hair was red and I feel like it doesn't look it looks nice but it doesn't oh. look natural to me okay again I could be way off base here but yeah I don't know I feel like Gwyneth Paltrow was the only one that had good hair okay. <laughs> so do you mean it didn't look natural because Tony Collette's natural hair color isn't red or because Harriet shouldn't be a redhead because Tony Collette's hair isn't naturally red okay. uh, 
yeah, I don't know. It's just a weird nitpick. I wasn't going to bring it up until we started mentioning hair, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> the, uh, the costume designer I was pretty impressed with, too. Uh, Ruth Myers, she had only five weeks to create 150 costumes. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was reading on, like, the IMDb page for this. Apparently, I think it paid off because loads of the costumes seem to be... And I don't know if... Because let's take it with a grain of salt. All of the IMDb trivia is user submitted. But so many of the little trivia was like, oh, this dress that this person wears in this scene was also used in this other movie. Mm -hmm. So like these costumes apparently were used in Northanger Abbey, Mansfield Park, Sense and Sensibility, Princess Caribou, Pride and Prejudice, Wives and Daughters, Little Doris, uh, Little Dorrit, sorry, the other Emma from 1996, which I don't know how they managed to do both of those. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They just raided the... Yeah, the closet, closet of the BBC. <laughs> yeah, and then like Vanity Fair, Quills, Persuasion, Byron, Miss o- Miss Austin regrets. Like, and I'm that's not even all of them. Wow. So, yeah. There's been like these period piece dresses that have been reused for the last thirty years. I know. <laughs> I find that a little surprising because I think the costumes are kind of a funny mishmash between '90s and Regency styles. I agree. And they don't look period accurate so it's a little strange to hear that they've been used in so many different things that have looked yeah you know what let's let's take this with a giant grain of salt because it is user submitted so maybe somebody's like oh that looks the same i'm gonna put it on imdb (laughs) (laughs) so maybe not but anyway it was interesting because there were quite a lot of notes about that oh and then i also did want to mention a few of the other people who were considered for the role of emma apparently nicole kidman and diane lane turned down the role oh yeah Neither of which I could really see in this, quite frankly. Hmm. And then Jolie Richardson was also considered, and she was on my short list too. And then the weirdest one, Jenny Garth, was considered for Emma. Really? Yes. Oh, I'm glad that didn't happen. Thank you. Yes. (laughs) I feel like 90210 was probably still on at that point, but like, that's all that she had done pretty much. Can she do a British accent? I don't know. (laughs) It really uh, can go a long way to tanking your movie if your main (laughs) actress in your British movie can't do a British accent. Truly, yeah. yeah. I don't know what happened there. I don't know, like, at what point she was considered or who turned who down, but yeah, I thought it was really weird. Maybe she can do a perfect Texas accent. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that impressed the director. (laughs) I did also write down a quote, which I was just like both horrified by and thought it was really funny because at one point Harriet asks Emma well what about you why aren't you married even though she's 22 years old (laughs) (laughs) but so she's like aren't you worried about ending up like Miss Bates Mm -hmm. who is considered an old maid at the ripe old age of what is she 30 (laughs) I don't know what she's supposed to be in the like maybe like 40 or something like not that old but Yeah. yeah so Emma responds it's only poverty which makes celibacy contemptible Good <laughs> and we're supposed to like her yeah. she's a bit of a snob for sure <laughs> yeah yeah i thought that was pretty terrible yeah <laughs> do you have any other notes no i don't think so okay then let's move on to the ratings so on imdb this had a 66 percent from 59 critics so pretty middling mm-hmm. but on rotten tomatoes weirdly which wasn't around in 1996 i should mention <laughs> uh it has an 84 percent from 56 reviewers so I, I always wonder, like, because a lot of times the Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb scores are, like, relatively close. Mm-hmm. This is pretty different. Like, yeah. 
84 is a hit. Yeah. <laughs> 66 yeah. is not. It's not, yeah. Yeah, so I thought that was cool. Mm-hmm. But okay, then why don't we move on to our final segment. Hold me close, young Tony Danza. It's time for Hold Me Close, Young Tony Danza, the segment where we cast Tony Danza into one of the roles in this movie. What a challenge. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It was a challenge I was happy to take. Um, Yeah, I thought he would have been okay in two roles, but I ruled it down to one because I was casting him at his age in 1996. Okay. So I thought he would make a good Mr. Weston. I thought that he'd be a nice catch Mm -hmm. for, yeah, for (laughs) Miss Taylor. And yeah, I think it would be, I don't know if he can do a British accent. I kind of doubt it. (laughs) Uh, So that's a little bit of a problem. But Mr. Weston doesn't have to have a lot of lines. Uh, Or you could just go with the anachronism of a man from Brooklyn living in a small village in England in the 19th century. I love it. I honestly, like, of course the accent was a big part of the problem. Mm -hmm. And and he just feels very contemporary. Like, I don't feel like you can put Tony Danza into a period piece. No, no, not so much. (laughs) But I also put him as Mr. Weston because... Yeah, like, Mr. Weston is a really stand-up guy. Yeah. Yeah, a total catch. And doesn't have too many lines. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think if you were forced to have him in there and it had to be a very authentic feeling movie. Mm-hmm. Maybe the role for him would be uh, Harriet Smith's guy, Mr. Uh, I'm blanking on his name now. Martin. Mr. Martin, thank yes. you. Um, in some versions, too. he has no lines at all. Oh, okay. But uh, I thought that because of his age, it might seem like Emma has a point that maybe he's not the right guy for <laughs> right. for Harry but yeah <laughs> yeah I thought about that too but yeah his age was the problem and then I also thought about him as Emma's father but he mm-hmm. was way too young in 1996 yeah. for that yeah. he, he was could like play 45 or something yeah <laughs> and even then yeah only if you move Emma like he could do the clueless version <laughs> yeah yeah for sure yeah. yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining me. That was really a fun exercise. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, and then, listeners, next month we will be recasting the 2022 Amazon romantic comedy Shotgun Wedding. And I cannot wait to recast <laughs> that. <laughs> so, uh, watch the movie now. It's on Prime and recast along with us. As always, you can find us on social media at Repodcasting. We're technically still on Twitter, but I deleted Twitter from my phone, so I'm basically never going to go on there. (laughs) But definitely if you message on Instagram or even Facebook, we'll be able to see that. And then also you can email at repodcasting at gmail.com. So thanks again, Sandra. Thanks for having me. Okay.